0: nerds! So this is a show for people who love to live their life between the pages of their favorite books, are inspired by countless stories portrayed on the screen, and are at home in their vast imaginations. We think too much and we dream never enough. The fictional stuff that we love has a real effect on us. A lot of people don't quite understand us, but we can go ahead and help understand and support one another. So this is a time where we can just go ahead and nerd out. everyone this episode is about what is up with spider-man let's talk about my favorite superhero because it's been quite a roller coaster with the ups and downs and the confusing ownership rights why has this franchise been so turbulent well it all started with its popularity i'm definitely not the only one who loves peter parker so let's take a trip down spider-man's memory lane three well-known people have played our favorite web slingers so far not including the Amazing Spider-Man TV show from 1977 to 1999. First, Tobey Maguire did Spider-Man 1, 2, and 3. Andrew Garfield did The Amazing Spider-Man. Tom Holland in the Spider-Man Homecoming, the Avengers franchise, and all the new ones far from home and upcoming ones that are going to be happening in the future. Let's talk about the original deal, the original ownership rights of Spider-Man. Sony acquired the film rights to Spider-Man in 1999. Other big production companies were also throwing their names into the I Want Spider-Man mix, but Sony came out on top. Shortly before that acquisition, superhero movies weren't big like they are now. Superman was kind of a big deal for a while, but the third Superman failed, and Hollywood basically became scared to make another superhero movie. Because of this, Marvel was like, hey, we should try to license out the Spider-Man film rights. This led to the very long and confusing line of deals that is the source of the mess that we see today. All right, get ready for this craziness. In short, Marvel made a deal with a production company with the requirement that a movie had to be made within five years. That production company went bankrupt and was acquired by some random communications company. That random communications company transferred ownership of the rights to 21st Century with a new deadline in which to make the movie. 21st Century never ended up making the movie, ended up selling three different types of rights to three different companies. They sold TV rights for the film to one company, home video rights to Columbia, and theatrical rights to a company called Carl Co. Pictures. This made 21st some quick cash, but it made things way more complicated. They even had James Cameron writing a script for the movie that hadn't even happened yet, and things were looking good for a hot minute. But a bunch of tangled lawsuits happened between all of the companies that owned those different rights. Do you remember the make a movie in five years rule? Well, I guess everyone just kind of forgot about that and so the rights that 21st Century had sold expired, and 21st went bankrupt, meaning the rights actually went back to Marvel, per a decision of the judge. Funny story, Marvel was also bankrupt at the time, so they ended up just settling with two of the other random companies that were involved in the lawsuits. Those two random companies ended up selling those film rights in 1999 to Columbia, which was the parent company of Sony. And that is the long, complicated story of how Sony came to own Spider-Man. I am tired from just saying that. So now, Sony owns the rights. Let's talk about their movies, and then about how Marvel got involved again. The first three Spider-Man movies were directed by a guy named Sam Rami. I believe that's how it's pronounced. Tobey Maguire was cast as the lead. And these movies made a lot of money. $2.5 billion, to be exact. They were well-received, and fans were super excited. They didn't have much to compare to because these Spider-Man movies were in 2002, 2004, and 2007 respectively. Iron Man didn't even come out till 2008, Captain America came out in 2011, and the first Avengers movie wasn't even made till 2012. People give these movies a bit of flack now, especially the third installment which didn't get as great of reviews, but people really liked these movies when they were created, and they were super excited about its direction, and it showed at the box office. Along with the X-Men franchise, these movies opened a whole new door for superhero movies moving forward. Fun fact, there were supposed to be more sequels, and they even had some big names like Anne Hathaway rumored to be in them. But the production fell apart due to what I believe were timeline disagreements between the studio and the director Sam Raimi, saying that he couldn't complete his vision because of it. These were the movies that made me love Spider-Man. Despite my indifference to Tobey Maguire, I loved these films. I loved Peter Parker and I even liked Kirsten Dunst as MJ. I loved the classic superhero feel of this movie. The action sequences were great, and I loved the well-executed, close-up speed-ramp-like effects that the director went with when Spider-Man was pulling off his more intricate and impressive action maneuvers. That's something I kind of missed when I was watching the newer ones like Homecoming. Not that those effects weren't good, they're amazing, but there was something about those those first movies that just really had me hooked and my eyes were just like glued to the screen. Now let's talk about Sony's next attempt, the Amazing Spider-Man series. Released in 2010, the Andrew Garfield Spider-Mans were unfortunately born. Long story short, this whole situation was weird. The most recent franchise had just barely ended and there was already a reboot in the works. Four years after the first film in 2014, the second received criticism and Sony ended up moving on to the next Spider-Man idea. In my opinion, this was the worst age of Spider-Man. There is an existing theory that Tobey Maguire played a better Peter Parker and that Andrew Garfield played a better Spider-Man. I don't necessarily disagree with that, but I really disliked these movies as a whole. In fact, one of the few things I liked about this whole duology was Emma Stone and her rendition of Gwen Stacy. But in all honesty, I thought the second movie was better than the first, which is probably another one of my unpopular opinions. Now, right after the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man's failed, a new deal happened. Marvel had been wanting Sony to agree to let them help reboot the franchise for some time. Finally, talks started happening and eventually came into fruition. Marvel Studios president Kevin Fage, I believe that's how it's pronounced, even referred to this deal to be able to get Spidey back into the MCU as a dream come true. This is a mutually beneficial deal between Marvel, which is owned by Disney, and Sony, But Sony still owns the film rights to Spider-Man and the characters associated with him. As I understand it, Sony pays the whole production cost for Marvel to make the movie, but Marvel gets zero film profit. While that sounds like a one-sided deal, making great movies will sell an astronomical amount of Spider-Man merchandise, and Marvel has the full merchandise revenues, which they make a ton of money on. Now that leads us right into the present era of Spider-Man, which is hopefully here to stay for a while. A very hot minute passed before Sony and Marvel were emailing and having Spidey join the MCU. This era is a product of the exclusive deal between Disney and Sony for Spider-Man to be able to appear in the MCU. Simply put, this era of Spider-Man has killed the other two eras box office-wise, with around $8 billion box office appearances. How could it not? Tom Holland gives us the best of both worlds by giving us a great dual performance as Peter Parker and Spider-Man as well as riding the wave of a very successful line of Marvel movies and Avenger franchise. This era of Spider-Man was completely set up for success, a luxury that I don't really see that the other two eras had. The future of this era really looks bright. Great casting of Tom Holland with the stunning and refreshing Zendaya casted as MJ. A huge Disney-Sony budget at their disposal, support from the late Tony Stark and the grooming of Peter Parker to be the next leading man in the future of the Marvel franchise. And while we were scared for a minute there that Disney and Sony had a disagreement, and Twitter had a freakout, and we were all told that our beloved Spider-Man was out of the MCU, the studios did eventually come to their senses, and they were able to make a deal to preserve the partnership at the great delight of fans. But come on guys, did we really think they weren't going to make a deal eventually? When it comes to Spider-Man, both studios need each other at the moment. The new money-making movies only work as Spider-Man exists in the MCU, and the MCU has already groomed Spider-Man to be an integral part of the future of their franchise. One without the other would have been a complete lose-lose situation, a loss for Sony, and a loss for Disney, and most of all, a loss for the fans. While I don't have the nostalgic love for this era that I do for the Tobey Maguire era, I can objectively and unbiasedly say that this is probably the best era of Spider-Man that we have ever gotten. And I have thoroughly enjoyed it, and I'm super excited to see where it goes from here. Now, I can't do a whole episode on Spider-Man and forget the latest installment into the Spider-Verse. We cannot forget about this visual masterpiece that came out in 2018. A lot of people play Spider-Man, Gwen, Pig, and more. But the main one in our newest era that coincides with the Tom Holland era is Miles Morales played by Shameik Moore. This movie also performed very, very well. It made a large profit debuted a new interesting animation technique and it was the first animation to win Best Animated Feature over a Disney or Pixar movie for several years. This isn't a Disney film, Sony has owned the film rights for Spider-Man and has had them since 1999. The Marvel deal does not bar Sony from making other Spider-Man movies. Sony would either have to relinquish the rights or not make a Spider-Man movie for a long enough period of time to lose the rights, which I believe is still 5 years. This is probably why we have seen Sony be so dedicated to keeping Spider-Man going, but it's also what's probably led to some quickly executed reboots. Into the Spider-Verse was a great example of a movie that just did everything right. The visuals looked like I was watching a comic book, the soundtrack accompanied the movie fantastically, and the story was fun, diverse, new, and unique. Lastly, Sony made Venom, which was also released in 2018. It was a pretty good movie. Not really my cup of tea, but it was good. I don't consider it a Spider-Man movie, but because Venom is commonly associated with Spider-Man, I felt like I should mention it. So it's clear that Spider-Man has been through the ringer up until now, but hopefully it is all worth it in the end because the current Spider-Man era is looking great. So that's it. That's what's been going on with Spidey for the past 20 years or so. It's been fun. Hopefully I provided a little bit of clarity into the crazy Spider-Man situation. It is indeed a crazy situation, but I am quite loyal to Peter Parker and I'll follow him wherever. Sony and Marvel, please take good care of our guy. Thanks for listening, y'all.